Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. All right, here we go. Cliff Moyt is not just your average coach. He specializes in helping men transform from their old version to the new. If you really hope to become better human beings, get in shape and share with others without judgment, then Cliff can definitely help you. Cliff is a specialist in community of men becoming titans, and his accomplishments include, man, your education is deep. NSCA, CPT, National Strength and Conditioning Association, NS, uh, NASM CPT, National Academy of Sports Medicine, Spartan SGX Coach L1, National Guild Hypnotherapist Consultant, National Firewalker Instructor, NYC EMT Medic, NYC Certified Surgical Assistant. Your work history includes over 25 years as a fitness professional and manager, trained over 1,000 clients, over 40,000 hours of training, celebrity trainer for SEAL, Sarah Jessica Parker and David Gahanan Moore, CEO trainer for Raymond Jones, the Office Depot and the Watershed and more, municipality coach for SWAT, special forces, firemen and police officers, Media, Boca Raton Magazine, New York Magazine, NBC, and MTV. His awards, titles, and designations include first place, New York State, NABBA, the National Bodybuilding Association of America, I assume, 1999, Tarrytown, New York, Toastmaster, local tabletop winner in 2009, trainer of the year, Institute of Human Performance, 2008, completed Spartan Trifecta, 12-hour hurricane heat and competitor for the 72-hour death race of 2014, completed a 24-hour our Gurak event. You have to explain what that is. West Palm Boys and Clubs board member 2009, appointed Anchor Bank board member 2019, SUD Talk Sponsor Award 2016 to 2018. Some other very important info. He grew up in the Bronx, New York. You have a lot of street smarts indeed. Professional DJ for over 30 years. Put yourself through Catholic high school and college. You own a professional audiovisual company. Studied Shaolin Kung Fu, Wing Chun, Ninjutsu, and Muay Thai. A husband and father of four. Three of your children are professional musicians, singers, and rappers. And one is studying to be an engineer. And your biggest obstacle was a decision to believe that you could do it. You knew deep inside you could, but actually put action to support your dream was something magical. So you continue to work on yourself, own your craft and mindset, as well as fitness. And as a result, you became a titan. And now you help others do the same. That was a mouthful. Oh, my gosh, dude. Bro, I didn't expect you to do a thesis. Well, you, just- you gave me one and I was just having fun with it. <laughs> Johnny, this was the, one of the, the things that I going on here. I didn't know all this was going to happen. I just wanted to talk with you. In fact, the reason why we're doing this is because we haven't spoke to each other on the phone such a long time. I figured, why not just do it on video? Exactly. Right. Yeah. The I will tell you the the your training is off the hook. I know you work with uh, our friend Brian as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, exactly. I'm after you start joining you kids on that. And you we have so much more in common. I know last time we we hung the, the backstory is we met. God, it's got to be what twelve. 
15 years ago when I was working with Tony Robbins. We met at a yes. networking event in Boca. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. And I we just hit it off and clicked for a bit. And then I obviously went on the road and, and, uh, Where's your shirt. You always, you always had that classy snazzy look of yours. You know, that Robert Graham look of yours. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about the cuffs. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> and there you have it. Yeah. Almost everything I own is, uh, Robert Graham, Bugacci or Bugas. Um, what did you call me? Uh, oh, well, it's just not really <laughs> But dude, um, thank you so much for, you know, for coming on. I, I know like with this whole lockdown thing, we haven't, you know, no one's really been out a whole lot. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been very interesting. Very. Um, I, I blown away by just the fact that so many of us are just keep pressing forward because there are a lot of people who could, you know, find a reason to give up. And I was great seeing you and Brian out on the beach and like, you know, still pushing hard. So, you know, God bless you for that. Um, but tell a little bit of your story. Like I know when we last chatted, um, when we worked, when you did some training uh, with me and kicked my ass, um, you had shared that you have been in normal, like kind of repivoting, reinventing, figuring stuff out. So, you know, man, what you been up to in the last, you know, since we spoke and let's, let's dig deep into how you became a Titan. Well, you know, the thing is, is sometimes you get caught up. You get caught up in the, the fantasy. And, and the thing is, is that eventually this fantasy ends up crashing on you. All right. And as a man, we, we have, and I can speak for myself, but the more men that I speak to is always, is always a common denominator. And we go through life assuming that we should be a certain way. Um, based on our culture, based on our past experiences. But when those things start to end up stripping you and you end up being with the core of yourself, that's when things get real. That's when you decide to say, okay, what am I going to become? You know, it's not a midlife crisis because the midlife crisis is a whole different shit show. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, different okay? context. That's, that's a whole different one. But realistically, there's going to be a point as a person, as an individual, you have to start making a decision for you. You have to really figure out, you know what? I'm only on this planet one time. What am I going to do? And what am I going to leave as a legacy? Mm -hmm. What are people going to say? It's not about ego saying, oh, this person was great, but how will I be able to put my head on the pillow and be okay with it? You see, because majority of the time we live life in shame. And when we live life in shame, that's when the cluster starts mm -hmm. to manifest. That's when things in life start to feel a little bit more tense. And, and when you're breaking through the shame, like the shame of not being who you think. You the shame of be, lying or, to yourself. Uh, even, that's yeah, the okay, first yeah. thing you got to stop doing and admit I'm lying. You know what? I'm listen. I'm not Spider-Man. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not Spider-Man. Yeah. All right. Stop lying to yourself. You can't climb walls. Stop. Try it. See what happens. Right. right? Unless you're a rock climber, but that will take a couple of years. Yes. <laughs> Takes but training. when you when you first admit to yourself that you know what, yeah, I've been lying to myself. That's the first step. And when you create that first step, a lot of things starts to open up. You start to look at life differently. You know, I experienced a lot of death in my life. You know, being a paramedic. Mm. You know, both my parents just recently, well, my mother just recently passed away. So I'm, that's it. My mom and dad, they're gone. 
Yeah. I'm the only person left now. Don't get me wrong. I have my brothers. But when you lose both parents, there's a different type of mentality that people don't really understand unless you're there. Right. So um, during that process, you know, I lost it all. Money, um, house, you name it. I mean, it, it was a tough time. And I had a choice. You know, I have a family to provide. I have a wife that I absolutely love. I don't like seeing the worst thing is when as an individual, you could you could admit when you're wrong. But when you start to see the effects of people that you care about, that's a whole different type of emotion. Right. right? So at that point, I had to dig deep. I had to really say, OK, what's next? What how far are you willing to go? And that's the first question. How far are you willing to go? I'm not saying doing things illegal now. I'm not, I'm not saying call, call whatever the, the, the top person and say, hey, I need some help there. No. What I am saying is that when you have a will and you just have a little bit of hope, how far are you willing to go? And when I realized that, you know what? I'm always willing to go, but I've never been tested. You know, everyone has it within them, but they never truly have been tested. When your back is against the wall and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? So your ego automatically disappears because there's no shame because shame doesn't have any power when you have it out, right? Right. So when I was, when my back was against the wall and my family's back was against the wall and I really didn't know what I wanted, I had so many talents, you know, and I could do whatever I choose to, but making that decision, you know, anyone can make a choice, but when you make a decision, that's when it's concrete. That's when you're saying, okay, I'm going in this direction. So, you know, my direction was, okay, you know what? I wasn't really close with my dad, mm -hmm. right? I loved him and he loved me, but he didn't have a dad. So he didn't know how to love me the, the way that I'm assuming to be loved. Right. So as a result, you know, you know, I have two boys now. And as a result, throughout the time of being a parent now, I had to learn from mistakes because I really didn't have that. My, my dad wasn't, you know, he was he worked a lot and everything. He was a, a professional chef. So <laughs> I gotta tell you the story. You're going to love this. So where, dad, where was this? This was up in New York. And yeah, I grew in, in the Bronx. Now, imagine in the 19 late 1970s, I lived in the Bronx. My dad is like five foot four, five foot three, right? He loved country music, so he had a cowboy hat. He always wore a three-piece suit, and he had gold chains, right? Oh, and, and mind you, he was a chef at uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. That's right, Kel, if you're watching, I said it right. So <laughs> he, always, he always liked to get on me about that. But anyway, so in third or second grade, one of my classmates said to me, he's like, hey, man, what did, you, what did your dad do? I said, well, he's a chef. He said, chef? No, no, your dad's a pimp. I said, uh, what's that? And I said, well, he's, he and my dad had a sky blue Cadillac with white walls. How old were you? I don't know. I had to be like about eight, seven, eight <laughs> years old, something like that. <laughs> so I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. So I asked my older brother, I said, hey, you know, um, Friend of mine asked me if dad was a pimp. He said, well, why don't you ask him yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so one day we're, we're having dinner and my older brother always plays practical jokes with him. That's why I don't talk to him anymore. I'm just joking. <laughs> so 
my brother, my brother said to, to my dad while we were at the dinner table, he said, hey, uh, Cliff wants to ask you a question. So um, he said, go ahead. I, I said, man, I'm going to get him. I said, dad, um, are you a pimp? And I heard my mother, my mother was cooking. We had a, we had a kitchen no bigger than maybe this room, if that, right? And I remember something breaking in the kitchen. <laughs> and my mother looked at me and she said, she, she gave me that, that Caribbean look, you know? And my father looked at me too. And he said, uh, you see that food on, the, on, your, on your plate? And I said, yeah, yes, sir. And he said, oh, you see that clothes on your back? I'm like, yes, sir. He said, um, don't ever ask me that question again. So my brother looked at me, he said, he didn't say no. <laughs> and at this point, did you still did you know what a pimp was yet? Or are you still? Well, come on. Listen, we're talking real. If you're in the Bronx, you know what a damn pimp was. Well, at eight, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think what I knew at uh, eight. I, listen, you don't wear a fur jacket in August. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't do it. So anyway, that's um, but, you know, in my household, it was all about fun and games, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was pros and cons from that. Yeah. And as you do the work yourself, you start to see it because I never saw my parents fight whatsoever. Never. And which was interesting because during the process, when, when I got into a relationship with my first wife, um, I didn't know how to fight. Mm. I didn't know how to have this argument because I just didn't have that in front of me. Right. And, you know, so these are the things that, you know, when you start to, with men and, and even women, when we start to discover who we are, it's based on our history. Right. And then we take the puzzle in pieces that, oh, that's why, you know, my mom did that. And that's why my dad acted this way. You know, we have to go so far deep in our roots to really discover who we are as an individual. And that story that we tell ourselves is just a story. We have to learn how to snap out of it and say, okay, well, this is the story that I've heard for X amount of years. Doesn't mean it defines me who I am today. Is that what started to drive you? Because I know for me, I'm previously married as well, that uh, part of my personal development journey and learning how to communicate, and I got into NLP and the hypnosis and all that was because I felt like I was taking personal responsibility and going, my, my communication must suck. Because I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not communicating. Something's not right here, and uh, like that's, that's what, it, yeah, it just <laughs> yeah, it's a technical term. So I dove deep into it as part of your journey and and all of your like training and all that was part of that because of your learning how to just be like more comfortable with yourself, figuring out how to just communicate, how to be a man, how to like all these things are, we're on this journey together. And it's, we don't, if we, especially if we don't have a model. Yeah, correct. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that. That's a great question. And um, the answer was, is that I really didn't like school. I didn't. I absolutely did not like school. You know, I went to Catholic school and size place order. We had to wear the white shirt, navy blue tie. You know, it's just, it was so, it was so damn structured that I just lost my mind. I went through it, but I lost my mind, right? Did you go through it from the beginning? Like we always- From the beginning, first grade. Okay, so you, you had, all right, yeah. I wasn't even able to pick my fro out. It was a crooked fro. I would walk, I have a perfect fro walking to school in first grade. By the time I went into the first class, my, my, my fro was crooked. Yeah. So I couldn't touch it because Sister Josita and the rest of them will smack you with a little uh, uh, black pointer, whatever the heck it was. I don't know. But anyway, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, the pointer that they, they did on the yeah. for the chalkboard. Yep. Chalkboard, and also we had to wash the boards. I mean, yeah. it, was, it could go on and on. There's nothing wrong with Catholic school. No, it just no. wasn't for me at the time. Yep. Oh, dude. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I still laugh about it. <laughs> but all joking aside, I, um, I knew that there was more. I think it was the martial arts that opened me up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I started with Shaolin in um, 84. And um, my Sifu was, was just a very average guy. He wasn't like the guys you saw on TV, you know, walk, walking around with, with baggy stuff and making sounds. <laughs> but um, he was a guy who was real. And he expanded my mind to just to learn more and learn at your own pace, just like, you know, martial arts. Mm-hmm. So throughout the time, um, when, whenever I saw something, I said, why not? That was my attitude. Why not? Let me, let me figure this out. Um, and I continue to do it that way. So when I look at something and they say, hey, let's climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Why not? Have you done that? No. Oh. I, I, is it on your bucket list? I mean, I know you'd say why not, but is it something that you go, you know what? Bucket list? What's on my bucket list is the, um, the trail. That is the, um, oh my God, I'm driving, going crazy from Georgia to Maine. Um, Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I would like to do. I, I'm a woods guy. I like the mountains. I don't know why I'm in Florida. I like Florida. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, how'd you pick down here? When did you come well, down here? I came down after 9-11. Okay. You know, I was one of the guys out there and, um, you know, I was working at the gym. I saw the, the planes hit. Mm-hmm. Um and that to me, I was like, I'm tapping out, I'm yeah. done. And um, I just wanted to change. So there was a, a facility down here, IHP that I was working for. And I said, what do I have to lose? You know, exactly, I just said, why not? Let me just come down. There you go. And, and it's so uh, much like New York or the Northeast down here anyway. So many people are from here that you- Doug, <laughs> Doug, stop, it's not. I'll tell you why, the heat. Well, I. <laughs> I meant the people are very similar. It's the a lot of the same people. So you have some of the similar energies. Some of the restaurants are nice. You hear an occasional accent. It's great, but the heat. <laughs> Doug, when the first summer when I came down here, I literally thought, I, I felt like an action figure because my arms couldn't even raise because they were stuck. <laughs> so stuck to it. You know, well, so, yeah, they, so for those who want to go out, come down to Florida, if you're thinking about moving down, Come around July and August. See how you like it. Yeah. See how you like it. I promise you, you would, um, you would like it. I, funny, funny story. When, I, when Heidi and I moved down here, we moved from Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my last um, session with, uh, with Tony. And um, it was hotter in Chicago and more humid in August than it was down here. What? Seven o'clock in the morning before we left, we walked out the door to, to get on the road and it was like 98 degrees and 100% humidity in Chicago. As soon as I walked out the doors, my glasses fogged up. Two yeah. days later, by the time we got here, it was like, you know, 92 and, and not as humid. So it's like, oh, this is nicer. You know, it's the whole Bikram yoga probably came from going to Chicago and Florida. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about him. That's a whole different guy. <laughs> Kids today. So, so now, like you've taken your your reinvention mm-hmm. uh, to 
like you've been through all these trainings you've done. I know you've done events with with your wife, Kelly. Um, are you still doing some of those as well? Or are you now like doing two like separate things? Well, here's the deal. You know, when you're when you're in a, in a marriage or a commitment it's always the same. Right. Um, you have different interests, but you're still the same. So the answer is yes and yes. Right. Okay. So um, for me, it's more of a movement, mm-hmm. meaning that I want men because the issue that we have as men, I'm going to call you out, guys. I don't care. Is that you were given the platform to speak your truth. Right. And because of that, that's why we get into trouble. And the top four trouble that men go through are liquor, drugs, porn, and work. Yep. That's, that's, that's our deathbed right there. Yeah. Okay. So the, the thing is for men is that the more I spoke to men, because I, since I wasn't close to my dad, I was a little bit standoffish with certain men because I didn't know how to communicate. Mm. But when I went through the journey myself as an individual, not as a man, but as an individual, I realized that there's certain common pain that people go through. Right. But the issue is that that I see a lot of men suffering right now. We're dying as men. We are dying and people are are probably going to see in the next three years. We are now on the rise of heart disease, men. Mm -hmm. And the part of the reason that I believe is because since we take it to heart, since we have shame that it manifests physically in our body. Yeah. And when it manifests physically, we do dumb shit. We do. Yeah. Okay. So, and eating, there's certain foods and all their comfort foods and we get the dopamine increase and we go, I feel good. All that stuff comes into play. But the only reason why we crave these things is because emotionally and spiritually, we haven't connected the core root of why we do what we do. Yep. So when we turn in our forties and fifties, we're going through a midlife crisis, quote unquote. It wasn't a damn midlife crisis that you're going through. What's going on is your hormones are all jacked up. Right. It starts after the age of 35. But no, I don't want to go get my hormones because I'm a man. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm good. I'm, I sleep with 40 women a night. You're not getting it. You're yeah. not getting it. Well, isn't that interesting? And, and I, I really appreciate that. I know the last time we hung, I, I really appreciated our conversation around that idea of being honest and, and vulnerable, for lack of a better word, to just what's going on and how important that is. And, and that stereotype of, well, I'm not going to share, I'm not going to, you know, you're going to call me out and I'm going to take it personally rather than lovingly, like, hey, you're trying to help me out. And as coaches, yeah. that's yeah. definitely, a, you know, a balance. Um, but I really, you know, admire you for staying, you know, kind of true to that because it's easy to get distracted, um, especially when you're building your business, right? Because then there's like, you know, squirrel, right? There's all these things yep. going on. And go then, yep. Yeah. And then especially right now, I'm, you know, I'm with you, brother. The men in particular right now are needing to, for lack of a better word, man up in a good way, not in the stereotypical way to just own their divinity and own their ability to be holistic and, you know, reach out for help when they need it. Yeah. Well, you know, it comes down to trust. Yep. 
you know, if it's hard for a person or a man or a woman, it doesn't matter what gender you are, right? This is just a general speaking here. Mm -hmm. If you have a hard time reaching out, you have to ask yourself, why don't I trust? Because when you realize that it comes down to trusting yourself first to allow yourself to be open before you even speak to anyone, you have to have that open invitation within yourself to say, you know what? I need some help. I need to talk to somebody, right? If you choose not to, I guarantee it's gonna manifest so hard inside your body that it's gonna be forced. And that's what we call the stripping effect. When mm -hmm. things in your life are not working out the way that you want or planned, it's because the universe is slowly stripping it away for you to figure it out. F-I-O-O. -O. No, F-I-O-U. Figure it out on your own? No. Something like that. <laughs> See, I, I just can... had a moment. I had a Chrissy Snow moment. <laughs> a who? Chrissy Snow. Oh, right, from uh, uh, while wow, we're dating ourselves, yeah. Yeah, we are. Three's Company. <laughs> Three's Company, yeah. I know that was going to get you. I threw you <laughs> off there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, I haven't thought about that show in ever. Now I'm going to go YouTube it and be like, oh, let me watch an old episode. But don't relate me to Chrissy Snow. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. Go on. I, I just had that moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're just, we're just talking, right? Um, so, uh, so that's, you know, that's how I look at things. I look at things very uh, transparent because whenever, like in business, we, we could talk about business because how you do anything is how you do everything, right? Yep. And there are people who make a lot of money and it's great. But I also see that they're also unhappy. Yeah. So, you know, when you're surrounded by that and you look at, look at yourself and you start to say, well, if I'm working my butt off to make X amount of dollars and I see people who are there and they're not happy, how can I break that chain? Why would I even go in that direction? Right? What do I have to do to change that kind of mentality? Because everything is taught, right? Everything is taught. Mm -hmm. So that's why sometimes when it comes to judgment, we don't really have the right at times to judge because based on their experiences that's how they came with solutions and came with answers right. and that's what they, how they operate mm -hmm. so it's it's hard for me to sometimes I, I i catch myself judging because i said wait a minute whoa, whoa, whoa what am i doing this this person clearly has their stuff going and sometimes when people are upset it's never really at you mm -hmm. it's usually what's triggering them and what's triggering them is whatever their past experiences were. Right. Their model of the world is going to be different. And if we come, I, Heidi and I talk about this a lot, where it's assuming the best of someone, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that what they're doing, even if it's something we disagree with, they have positive intent behind it. And it's not it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about, you know, like whatever their pain is in the moment and mm. what they learned, what was available to them at that time as a, a device. Correct. But we both agree that, but don't live in the damn story. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's it not, don't live in it. But like, instead of taking it personally, when something happens, it's that compassion to go, Oh, okay, cool. You, mm -hmm. you know, we can solve this, obviously, but I'm not going to take it personally. You did something to me directly or, you know, whatever. It's because 
that was it's, what you learned. Yeah. yeah. It's like Facebook likes, right? <laughs> <laughs> like people, like, you know, if, if, oh, this person didn't like my post. Personally, I don't care if you don't like my post. I don't. Well, what's hilarious is how do you know if they even saw it? How do you know if they even saw it? That's right, right? It's a story. Oh, like, they didn't like it. They must not. They, oh, they're ignoring me. I think what we should do now is put before we post, this is a post for likes, right? <laughs> and this is a post for me to express myself. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the whole social media thing has created an interesting dynamic because one, it is in the DSM-5 as a treatable addiction now. Mm. So that gives us like, you know, I, if you woke up every day and when, as soon as you woke up, you had to take a swig of uh, vodka. And then throughout the day, periodically throughout the day, you had to take a swig of vodka. And before you went to bed, you had to take a swig of vodka. Would you think this person had a problem with vodka? Um, yes. And yet, first thing we do, we wake up in the morning, we get on the phone, and throughout yep. the day, periodically, we're checking the phone. And then by the yep. end of the night, we're checking the last few things before we, and it's, yeah, we, more we, people die from distracted driving than from drunk driving. Now, I realize that's just a numbers thing. but Well, you know, I, I do believe it's true. You know, what's really yeah. funny. And I want people to Spider-Man time. Hold on. <laughs> what I do believe that people should try to do now is when you're at a red light, just look at the left and right and wait till it turns green. Because I guarantee one out of the two are not paying attention. And then next week, you know, you hear, you know, the, the people honking their horns. Yep. Uh, happens so, all the time. What well, happens in the, if you ever in front of us, you could see someone the light yeah. turn green and they're not moving. And you're like, you look, you look at them and they go, oh, huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. this is the best part. Then they drive fast. Yeah. And that's going to make a freaking difference. Like right. make up for lost time. First you get startled and then you say, screw it. I'm going to drive fast. So hopefully they won't catch up to see what an idiot I was. Right, but and hopefully they won't crash into the car in front of yeah, them. And then next thing you know, they catch the next red line, we catch you anyway. It works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just, it doesn't stop from there. Well, you know, and actually speaking of that, here's the challenge, right? You and I were businessmen and, and you know, mm -hmm. we support business people and, and all that. And it's a powerful tool Correct. in business. And there's that line because now it seems like it's also become like, even more a source of distraction. Um, Why is that, you think? Well, the number of reasons. One is everyone loves to put their opinions on there. And, sure. and notwithstanding, even what's going on right now, like let's, let's, take, like, let's go down that in a, in a minute. The only way you can get someone to tune in is to be salacious, to be shocking, to say something. So then it's already sticking candy in front of you while yeah. you're so it's hard to sometimes for for someone to get, like scroll. If you're looking for something, go, what the what was that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and even to an extent, it's, it's all marketing, right? A good Correct. friend of mine, a, a DJ, radio DJ in um, in Vegas now. And he was doing lives every, every day or posting stuff. And he asked me, he goes, hey, you know, just out of curiosity, when you're on with Heidi, do you get more views than when it's just you? There you go. And I was like, you know, I, I actually, I don't know. Let me go check. So I went back and checked. And wouldn't you know it, there was always more views when it was Heidi and I. 
So I called him back and I'm like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I did. He goes, yeah, why do you think I put boobs in my posts? Because no <laughs> one wants to see me. Yep. <laughs> well, here's, here's where it's interesting. These devices that we have is making us more accessible, right? Mm -hmm. And since we're more accessible, it's creating a instant gratification. Yep. If I want something or see something, I'll find it, no matter how you look at it, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I think right now that um, for for kids, preteens, um, middle age, with uh, middle school kids, that the phone is great, so you could talk to your parents just in case you're out and about. But it's a weapon. Mm. People don't realize your phone is a weapon. And just like any weapon, you have a responsibility. First, you have to know how to use your weapon and you only use it in the case of emergency. Right. And what I've seen throughout the years, even with our own kids, is that kids are getting phones younger and younger and younger. Listen, listen, I'm going to be 48. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, you know, you could call me old school. You can call me whatever. But if we truly understand what we're dealing with right now, because this gives a person access to everything. Well, not only that, it's programming them. Yes. At a very young age on yep. how to think, what to focus on. It's influencing values. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. How old are your children now? Let's go down the line from the oldest. Uh, he's going to be 22 and then 19, then 18, and now uh, one just turned 16. Okay, so they've, they've had access to electronics much more than we did for their entire lives. True, but you know- Well, access meaning available in the world. Yes. How did you, right. how did you um, monitor or uh, you know, deal with the access? Well, it's, it's a little different because it comes, it comes down to maturity level. Mm -hmm. That's how we felt. Okay. Um, but all, at the same time, when you come from a divorced family, oh, yeah, you have you one can. parent. Yeah. You know, you can have one parent say, hey, you know what? <laughs> but mommy lets me do it. Correct. <laughs> so, there's, again, that's just what it is. Yeah. Right. But I know over time things will show up because of it. Right. Um, but overall, we, we, we had a pretty decent hold. I mean, kids are swift now. They could have two, three, four counts, different phones. They could have a phone that's disabled completely, but as long as it has Wi-Fi, they still can use it. Yep. So there's a lot of little things like, I don't know if my, my brain cells is a little bit slower. I don't know if this is what happened when we get older. I have no clue, but I'm telling well, you, these, these kids today are slick. Yep. Well, and I think it's it, it boils down to, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. There, we were well, we as creative like back then. Like, you know, I know well, they had ourselves, if we needed to make a call and we were driving, we had to find a phone, pull over, get out, walk up. And if we didn't have any money, the hack was what? We take like a piece of metal and short the phone or something. Remember that? Yeah, I knew you were from up north. Something, something was really slick about you. I knew you knew that hack. I knew it. <laughs> It was a paper clip. Yes, there you go. It was, yep. it was a <laughs> <laughs> So we figured out a way too. We always found the workaround. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? We were MacGyver. 
Yes. Pre-MacGyver. Yes, That's right. They can't be MacGyver. They're not MacGyver. No. They don't get it. No, now that well, now they're uh, what? What would be a? They're like computer hackers. Is there a, a famous hacker? Yes. They're yes. Neo. There you go. Correct. Or, yeah. or um, what was the other hacker? Um, well, in, I don't in, even care. Bottom line is this: yeah, yeah. I, I could hack a phone. They could hack a bank. Right. There's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's isn't that interesting? True. How? And I it's so interesting that the. the the weight of some of the decisions that you and I made when we made a mistake back then, the the levity, you know, or, or the the weight like was smaller. Like we, we didn't we can make a decision back then and we could fall down and, and learn. Yeah. Whereas now sometimes, man, the, the consequences are so much worse because things are happening so much faster. And someone could literally, yeah, hack a bank or hack someone's identity when for us it was, oh, let's see if we could, you know, steal a 10 cent phone call. Correct. But here's where it's interesting. And this is just an observation. Kids today don't have fear. That's, mm. that's a huge problem. Because when we grew up, our parents put the fear of God in us. Yeah. Right? First, our parents. If we did something, we, we would get so upset that, you know, hey, you know, you can go to confession and say all your sins, but you had to go home to mama. Yeah, you still had that. God, yeah. is, God could save you to a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hail Marys could take you down to a point, but you had to answer to somebody. These kids today, and I have noticed, the way that they're speaking to authorities Mm. You know, I saw a video where they're actually reaming out a soldier. And I'm thinking to myself, how the heck did this end up coming to be? What the heck are parents allowing? And I have to call it for whatever it is or not allowing because everything that happens right now in the world comes from home. Yep. No matter how you, you could disagree or agree, I don't care. Right. What I see is that it comes from home and then it shows up outside. 100%. So and two homes, I believe, what you're sharing and you just brought them both up mm -hmm. is not only is it the home, your relationship with our, our parents, with yeah. our caregivers, but also I believe our, our relationship with God or higher power or right. whatever, I, that, that's like all but, but missing. But Doug, that's still the same because in your home, that should be taught. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right? So these kids today are not only fearless of anything. Second, what reinforces it is when they're on the TikTok, when, when Vine was out, where people are doing so much stupid shit. And being rewarded for it. And, and, and saying, hey, people like me because guess what? I'm jumping through a window to tackle something. Or I'm going to tie a dog's leg and I'm going to run a race with it. Weird stuff. Really? Really? So now with what's going on in society, you know, everything stemming down to home. That's the first thing I believe. Mm -hmm. A topic that, that's really tender to a lot of people right now, of course, of, of um, George Floyd. Mm-hmm.
And, um, you know, a lot of my friends are saying, hey, Cliff, you know, how are you doing? Like, I'm sick or something. This is, <laughs> this is the crash. Like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, I, I'm trying to understand why you're asking me this. Because when you have a connect correlation of who you are from top to bottom, you're not shaken. You can feel compassion. You can feel empathy. But it's not going to shake me for this reason. Because when you're shaking, people are watching. And if you consider yourself a leader, if you consider yourself a person of, of great stature, then I am going to hold my posture like I always hold my posture. And the more that I speak to, to people, white or black, I have a different views on things. I, yes, it's horrible what's happening. And yes, it's been going on for a long time. The only thing is, is that it's been caught on camera this time. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference. So that same weapon, remember what I was saying earlier about the phone, that same weapon can be used for good, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, this has been going on for a long time. And sometimes you no longer get tired, you get exhausted. Yeah. You get exhausted. People being put into jail when they're not supposed to. I get pulled over from the cops. There's no question. There was times that, that I said, oh man, like, ugh. but when you are connected, you have that posture, it's like, okay, Here's what you need. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. That's it. But you also, it doesn't matter what race you are. You also have to look at your circle of influence. Because we all could be the good guy of the group. We all could be the bad guy in the group. We don't know what part of the group you're in. We don't know. But at home, but at home, it starts from home. Sometimes we got to pick up our kids Right. Sometimes we want to choke the hell out of them. Let's be real. Right. <laughs> but sometimes you have to have that conversation. And sometimes for me, I get quiet because I'd rather be quiet and, and process it and then have that conversation. Because when you react, that's when trouble happens. Right. It's and a difference I, between reacting and responding. Right. And growing up, were you more reactive and you learned responding no, I was always a processor. I always, I always looked at things. Always, okay. I said, "Okay, huh, that's interesting." I wasn't. Um, I would no. That wasn't allowed in Catholic school, man. What are you talking? You, you could well, react. You, you could <laughs> react in Catholic school. How many siblings did you have? Uh, I had two brothers. And where do you fall? I am the middle child. My uh, older brother. Um, yeah, he, he was, he was, he was a pretty funny cat because he would. Um, they, they would. I was really the experiment child, you know, like he would hang out with his friends and say, hey, let's play a game of dodgeball. But hey, let's tie up Cliff's hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? It's an experiment. We want to see what you do. Stop crying. It's OK. It's only a soccer ball and a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, did you all go to school together? Like, and how far apart? Like, what? How much influence? Four years did apart. And, okay. My older was four years apart, and my younger was uh, nine years apart. We used to call oh, him. Wow. The, he hated it, but we used to call him the Poconos Weekend Child. You know, <laughs> <laughs> those champagne glass bubbles. Uh, 
<laughs> in, in the Poconos. For those who don't know where the Poconos was, back in the 80s, there was a big yeah. champagne glass full of bubbles. Yeah, and that was, that was the, the rendezvous kind of uh, place yeah. where you, you take your lady, you know, when you have some money, <laughs> thinking that you would take her to Red Lobster or Sizzler and then take her to the big <laughs> champagne glass. And now here's where it gets even better. The champagne glass had a ladder. And the ladder would go about maybe nine feet up. So you had to go butt naked all the way up this ladder to get into the champagne full of bubbles. Have you, it's, wow, you've been to it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. I, well. Yeah, I shot you, didn't I? Yeah, that was good. I, uh, I, I've never been to, to that, but I do remember the commercials of uh, Mount Airy Lodge. Oh, right? Mount Airy Lodge. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Showing our age. Yeah. Well, and actually, so that brings me to kind of to where you're at in the, you know, like I believe so accurately about the family. I think what has happened lately is that, um, parents have started having children, you know, people starting children at a later age. And they're so worried about, and I think it's a combination of political correctness and, you know, corporal punishment and all that. Like, not that I believe in beating people at all, or, you know, like, you know, hitting them. I was yeah. never hit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you talked at school, you know, the, 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 the uh, yeah, the, yeah, the pointer get you on your fingers. Um, not that I endorse that, but I think now it's gotten to the point where, children the the parents are so worried about like being wrong being bad parent or they're almost more interested in being friends with their children as opposed to like being a leader being an exemplar that and then like you know we see those videos like you and i i never had to wear a helmet riding a bicycle or you know the playgrounds had rocks and sand and now they're like you know soft and i think there's almost an expectation that no harm can ever be, you know, happen to our children when that's a necessary part of learning. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, it's honestly almost like um, watching the episode of HR Puffin Stuff. <laughs> because I, you know, I had a conversation with a parent and he was, he was basically saying that, you know, his kid and this and that and raising him is tough. And I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, I, I'm having conversations with him and this and that. I said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to start watching National Geographic. And you're going to start watching some animals. And you're going to try to tell me that if you raise, like, what's that, Lion King guy, whatever his name is, right? There's a point where a cub is going to try to test the lion. Mm -hmm. And the lion's going to look at you like, what? Are you kidding me? And one swoop, and the, the cubs are like, okay, I, I totally understand, Pops. Got it him. will never happen again. Yeah. Right? You can, hey, Dad, you can eat all the meat. I'm okay. But the parents today, because at the same time, the system has changed. Right. Now these little kids have these phones calling 911. Yeah, my mama beat me. I don't know what to do. Next thing you know. Social services come in, they take the parent and the kid. Yep. Double whammy. They both lose. So I agree with you. Um, but it's tough. It's easier said than done. We know that. 
Well, and that's what's going on right now, I believe, is that everyone's looking for the simple, easy answer. They want the instant fix. They want yeah. everything to go away, all problems to disappear, and like an expectation of something that's just not even possible and to have it happen overnight. Yeah, well, again, instant gratification. Yeah. They want things to happen like this. Mm -hmm. But the, the real question is, what are you trying to avoid? Mm. You know, because if, if you live your life sedating, being sedated, and that's what it is. So people are so freaking sedated about what's going on in the world, even yep. in their own home. That's why the divorce rates are not, because the husband is so sedated in his own relationship. He doesn't yeah. even know that his wife is not happy. He doesn't even know that his kids don't even talk to him. What he knows is that he's making money, he's providing for the house, but at the same time, it's not a home. Right. So, you know, when, when you're sedated, you don't know any better. You just don't. You know, going back to judging, you just don't know any better. And then when it happens, they lose their mind. They just don't see it. Yeah. Well, and we can see it right now. We actually, you know, we were sedated, or confined for three mm -hmm. months confusing yep. people, getting them upset, creating these challenges, having them basically the only food they had access to for the most part was yep. fast food or whatever, because it's convenient. So now they're eating crappy food. And then spam? next thing you know, did you buy spam? <clears throat> Pardon? Did you buy spam? No, I have. I do not eat spam, 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 spam. spam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like spam. <laughs> Well, um, that's funny. I forgot about that commercial. Um, <laughs> but you did eat Spam once. I tasted it. Doug, you're a damn liar. Okay, you better stop it. I know you had a Spam sandwich with some cheese. Bologna. Bologna? Bologna, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. No, I don't think I've ever actually... I, I mean, I, I know some people love it. It's, it's like uh, Hawaiian delicacy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why were you reaching for the spam during the quarantine? Well, you know, here's the thing is that is that your comfort food? Of course, it's my comfort food. No, of course not. I don't, I don't <laughs> that and Scrapple. But, um, you know, how I look at things is this way. It's funny you brought this in here. What we eat affects us mm -hmm. outside of here. 100%. So, you know, it's great that, you know, I honestly believe that this quarantine was probably the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever because this is the time that people actually realize who they are as an individual. Because we don't really take time for ourselves, like truly take time for ourselves to a point that we, we're not given the gate to say, okay, it's time to be normal. Because mm -hmm. we didn't know when this was going to stop, right? Right. So... Either if you're in a relationship, two things are going to happen. Either A, it's going to work, or B, it's not going to work. Right? Yeah. Because now both people are home, mom and dad, right? Or mom and mom, dad and dad, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But you have to have a communication in how to work together. Sometimes in relationships, you forget how to work together because you're so sedated in work and doing the, the, the outline and the checklist as a parent, as a partner, that you forget why you guys came together in the first place, right? And it's driving some people mad, but at the same time, it's, it's giving them the opportunity to rise. It's giving them the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? 
I'm so grateful that I have you in my life. Right. But you have to say that to yourself first. Right. Because if you're not grateful for who you are as an individual, there's no way you can give accolades to your spouse or partner. There's no way. So and when you do, it it may sound trite and yeah, cynical. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, you're just saying that. Yeah, correct. And the thing is, is that, you know, when I developed this whole Titan thing and my philosophy, which are the four components, which is mind, body, balance and legacy, Mm -hmm. you know, your mind is the first thing, because if your mind is not adequate enough to take in what's going on outside of the world, that there's no way that you're going to take care of your body. Yeah. There's no way. You could, you could say, hey, yeah, I work out. No, no, you're not. You're probably working out in this level. You're not here because your mind is here. If your mind's here, you can't get here. Right? So that's why, you know, I, I, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly not pushing myself. I don't believe in, like, beating myself down. My wife may think something differently, right? Well, it's just perception. Yeah, perception. But my capacity is pretty high when it comes to tolerance, Mm -hmm. right? So I said, okay, let's let me see how far I can go. Let me just do. Let me see what happens. But the body, if you if you allow your body to trust you, if you allow your body to trust you, it will go further than you ever expected. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand the connection because when you say you can't, it's because you never tried. And even if you tried, you said you did. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I say I can't run 10 miles, have you tried? No. Try it. Well, I'm going to die. Well, listen, you say can, you can't run 10 miles. Maybe you could walk five. Yep. Right. So it's all perception. It's all about understanding how to put it all in together. And when you come into that place of understanding the mind body, then you go into legacy and you also go into balance. The balance part is very simple. You have to have a full circle of understanding who you are. Mm. You have to have a balance of work life. You have to have a balance of being in a relationship. You have to have a, a balance of being a father or, 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 or a spouse or, or someone who is a mentor, right? And you have a responsibility of being as an individual. Because I've seen so many years past where I have conversations with, with individuals where they gave so much into other relationships, other businesses that they lost themselves. So there has to be a balance, right? And then when you go into legacy, that's where you put your efforts to say, okay, when it's time for me to go, how am I going to feel? You know, I went to see, um, I went to pick up my son two days ago and I was speaking to um, his, um, his stepdad. And he said, you know, when my mother died, he said, you know, how... How did you, you know, I, I want to say, I'm sorry. Or, you know, are you okay? You know, how'd you hold, hold your own? And I said to him, I said this, when you give your all to somebody, there's never a goodbye. Right. The ones who suffer 
And the ones who take it to heart is because they feel incomplete. They felt like there was still more that they had to give and the more that they wanted from that person. But when you truly give 100% or you truly are satisfied with what you have given that person and them back and what you learned throughout that process, you can actually step away and say, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. What an interesting, yeah, thing is that when I, I as you were saying that, you know, I'm full in full agreement. I think of how different like cultures celebrate death yeah. and that there are some who literally celebrate and I'm going to hallucinate that's because their, their way of life was in that mindset where they're always giving that they, they know that, you know, they did everything they could, everything they could be, everything, you know, they played a hundred percent. And now it's not regret or feeling shameful or like, oh, I wish I could have do it, do it, you know, that, that it's like, okay, you know, the cycle of life goes on and they're never really out of our hearts anyway. No, they're not. Because we're holding it in joy because I don't feel like I missed anything. I was so happy when that happened. You know, I mean, it was weird. I was sad, you know, for like a week or so, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, wow, you know what? I, because I had an opportunity to have a mom who cared. Right. And when you have that kind of opportunity, it's like, you know, I'm good. So when when I realized uh, bringing that together also with the uh, Uncaged Titan, as I call it, there's a point where you have to be real with yourself and honor. There's, there's not enough honor in people. Right. And, you know, having honor in conversations, having honor in, in your relationships, have an honor with even with children, with your business partner. There has to be a code. There has to be an honor for us to say, okay, you know what? I honor you. You don't hear that kind of conversation anymore. Yeah, that's um, true and, and unfortunate uh, because I, that's what, and I think as we're, talking about that and, and the challenges and the sedation and, and all the craziness that's, that's going on right now, it's all like coping mechanisms for pain. Correct. And on so many levels, it's, you know, I, I you know, I, we're hearing it about, you know, and you shared earlier, obviously, you know, for those listening, you know, you're, you're black. What, but you've, you, you come across as like individual, like you're, you're, you've overcome that, but you did share, like, how do you balance the sharing what you've been through and how do people honor the conversation? Cause this is, it's, it's like, especially now it's like you said, people were calling you, you know, trying to honor you by calling you, how are you doing? And, and you're like, well, I don't know why you, I'm fine. Like I'm, you know, but yeah. at the same token, you, you have, references real references of challenges and and pain and and so forth and yet you still stay so grounded um how does one have that honorable conversation around such challenging topics well i don't what i believe is that it should just be a conversation right right And it has to come, you know, you and I know that when you're having a deep conversation or an important conversation, usually the first sentence will set the tone. Right. 
So if it's like, hey, you know what, Clef, I, I, I have to ask you this question because it's, it's kind of eating at my heart. I would know, okay, well, well what's the question? You know, right. um, it's education. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, educating because a lot of people have no idea what, what blacks have been through. They don't. And it's not, it's, again, there's no judgment. Some people really just have no clue. Like I can't go to certain places. This bottom line, I just can't go to certain places. And so like, I'm to be honest, like I'm kind of one of those people. I grew up in a reasonable area and we had, you know, like I didn't I wasn't exposed to a lot of even racism. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I sit there and I I don't want to seem like I'm spiritually hijacking, I don't think like that. And it's hard for me to imagine the experience. So and I'm sure there are others like that. And it comes out probably not very pleasant. Yeah, Um, well, because. I think what it is, Doug, to be honest with you, is that deep down, we always felt different. So when you feel different all the time, mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable all the time. Right. So if I was to go to a high end clothing store with my wife, I would literally sometimes just plant myself one place. Because I, it's, it's like clockwork. I could do a timer on it. Within 10 to 15 minutes, hi, can I help you? I'm, I'm three feet from my wife. I don't. Oh, well, like it's obvious that you two are together, not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, and I, I do believe it's that. I do believe is that um, innately that we always felt different. But now, granted, even though I felt different, my parents never felt different. Mm-hmm. You know, they got along with everybody. You know, um, the community that we lived in was at the time predominantly Jewish. So, um, and you went to a Catholic school. I went to <laughs> the <laughs> Jews. Went to you Catholic. got it all. That's great. I, I'm, hey, I'm like the UN. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's a conversation that's needed to be spoke with other people mm-hmm. yeah. because it's been a, it's been it's been confined for too long and there was spurts where there was um, protesting in the 60s and it, it comes in spurts yeah but now it's just like you know it's 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 gone too long because people are being killed um That's- and to to experience someone to look to to die in in right there on camera, you know it's it's a tough way to raise your kids. Yeah, it's a tough way to eternalize it. But unfortunately, I could call it for whatever it is. The media is creating this, and what I mean is that we have movies that show death and people getting blown up. We have this these video games that look so real that seeing someone die now, it's like an afterthought to some because they're thinking that it's just like a game. Yeah. It's, it's It's a desensitization and not in a good way. Like I, cause to be honest, I I guess it's like the, the elephant in the room. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, 
I don't hold any, like, I love you as a brother. I don't have any, like, you're just a, another dude. Like, you're a guy that I, I respect and honor and work out with. And, you know, like, I, like, there's no thing. But I know that you have an experience that I don't. And I, like, I think there are a lot of people who just don't know what to say. They're like, I, I don't even know how to, like, if we talk about it, like, what do we say? Is it like bringing something up that maybe is painful and don't want to make someone uncomfortable? Like, I think there's all these, this is kind of what goes on in my head. Like, I don't want you to think that I like even think of you any differently than yeah. just being who you are and to even make it an issue. Does that make me making it an issue that doesn't exist? Well, yeah. I believe that how you show up in the conversation um, will dictate the tone of the conversation. So if it's a very sensitive topic. Right. So sometimes you may have to start off like that. So listen, I know this is a sensitive topic, but maybe you can help me and educate me to understand because a lot of curiosity that people have, sometimes the curiosity, they just ask dumb questions, <laughs> you know? But if you really wanna know, then you have to truly ask that question. But don't ask it at a time where, you know, it's sometimes, is it inappropriate? I don't know. I don't have that every, you know why I don't know? Because I think everyone is different, right? right? And there are people who may answer it a certain way based on their past experiences. Right. But I think that the conversation should be out and about that for all of us to have something to talk about. So we can right. clearly understand. So it could lower down the, the tyranny, as I would call it, the, the pain, the suffering that some people may experience more than I have, you know? So, but it's, what what saddens me is the fact there are good cops out there mm. black white spanish chinese there are good cops out there there are yeah um and it's just like anything in life it takes one person to tarnish it now granted it could be one person in each city right it could yeah. be district whatever it is i get it and but at the same time, it's like, oh, my God, like I, I, I speak my truth. I get so fed up seeing the news and to see another black kid being arrested or something major happens with, with another black person. I'm thinking, damn, you know, and the reason why I get upset is like, you know, people can make choices, but I just don't like how it's displayed through the media. Yeah. The media displays it like, you know, unfortunately, like, this is the norm. Black people are trouble, you know? And that's not the truth. Just like you have people who are extremists, you have people who are regular. I mean, no matter what it is, there's always that percentage. And that small percentage could tarnish the rest of the community, the rest of the culture, the rest of the race. And yeah, it's so sad you, you bring up the media in that case, because the truth is we're more alike than we're different. Yeah. And sadly, we don't focus on that because no one would tune in 
to, you know, the news 24 hours a day if it was, wow, look at all these cool things that we share. Look at, we, we have families, we have, you know, yeah. mothers die, fathers die, children growing up, we have these challenges. Maybe let's talk about how we can work together on raising our youth in a more effective way that are leaving a legacy. Because sadly, what's happening now is gonna be part of our global legacy. Correct. But Doug, you and I both know it has to start with ourselves. Agreed. Right. And, and then that's that's where this conversation, you know, kind of spawns, hopefully, is how do we do that? Like, what does that mean? And how do we know? Because I know how I know it's in my heart and I know it's in your heart. Mm-hmm. How do we share more? The the space to allow others to have that. You know, like I'm tearing up because yeah. it's it, it, yeah. it's really it. painful for me to see what goes on when it's so unnecessary because we're in so much pain mm-hmm. to like, I don't know. It's, it's like I just feel so lost sometimes because I as a guy, I want to fix things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and it. I want to be OK. Well, how, how do we do it? And when people go, I don't know, go, well, oh, shit, I don't know how to not mean either. Well, it's. I believe there's a couple of ways that we can. The first thing when we check in with ourselves, you really have to ask yourself, you know, have I said anything that was, a, that was maybe inappropriate when it comes to race? Have I, you know, acted a certain way when it comes to a certain race? And the answer, if the answer is yes, then you ask yourself, well, why? Why did I, why at that time, what, what did I feel? What was going on? Because again, when I mentioned that you first want to admit it, you want to admit the certain things first inside, right? And then you ask the question because sometimes people act out of fear and the unknown because I don't know that black person, but what I see on TV, he's a criminal, right? It's, it's all perception. Right. So maybe I'm over-exaggerating. Maybe, you know what, maybe I need to open up my heart a little bit more. Okay. Maybe I need to discover where else in my life am I closed? Because it's not just what race it is. You're closed from yourself. Yeah. And when you're closed from yourself, you're not allowing the universe to give you information. So it's, it's a point where it's a personal journey. And when you go through that personal journey, people will show up exactly where they need to be to get your answers. But if you're not going to be open, because if you want the instant gratification you need to know now, it's not going to happen. Because when that happens, remember, it's like instant gratification. I want to know. And then after said and done, I'm done. There's nothing else to talk about. (laughs) Well, right. right. So that's, that hopefully is the silver lining to the pain that is being exposed at this point, Mm -hmm. that someone would be willing to start being open to have the the awareness. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. 
that's all we can ask from it. And the, you know, I, I'm sure, I mean, I, I'm sure that there have been times when it inadvertently, I, I, I say inappropriate things to people, to everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not based on anything like just cause I'm my dry sense of humor is sometimes very inappropriate and I'm not, you know, so I believe motives matter mm-hmm. in those situations. Um, and I, I wonder if sometimes I know for me, I probably caught myself not saying things when maybe I should have because I didn't know like it would sound a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm being inauthentic. And then someone's like, well, you're not being yourself. You're, you're like, what are you scared? I'm like, well, no, well, no I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like I, I like, and then I, then you get into your own story in your head. Oh no. What did that person think? And, and all of that. Um, I agree that, you know, it, it all starts from within and until, you know, I think this is exposing levels of pain on so many levels for so many people. It's triggering people. Yeah. Like inadvertently, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, I, I notice like Heidi gets, she's getting triggered cause she's like, this is like an abusive relationship. And someone's trying to step up and say, I've been abused and someone's saying it's not that bad. And I'm like, I, whoa, I, I, I see that. And for me, I get triggered because I've always felt misunderstood. Like growing up, I was the metalhead. I was the rocker. I lived in a very preppy neighborhood. So I was always ostracized and anything I said. And I would, I've been saying inappropriate things my entire life. So I've been misunderstood. So then I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say anything. Cause I, I really genuinely want people to be happy and to get along and to celebrate the the value we have to add and that's truly what i stand for and it's not spiritually hijacking it's it's my genuine being Mm um you know it's so funny like with tattoos as an example when i was like i see a guy don't cap black white whatever covered in tattoos almost always they're the biggest teddy bears yep yep it's that is there. I see that and I go, there's a love bug right there. That Mm -hmm. is their defense mechanism. They're showing, man, you know, look at all this. If you could go through this, welcome in. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And um, I also believe that it has to come from both ends, meaning that um, it's not just the white community asking or the white race asking questions, but for the black race as well to be open to have that discussion um because you don't want to shut or close them or shut them down and close them out you know they say well you know can't you know just leave me alone and and say something inappropriate rather than saying okay i have to be open because in order for change to happen i literally have to express what i personally feel and what i went through so maybe you could have a better understanding Right. What everyone wants in life is to be understood. That's all it is. Everyone in their life just wants to be heard and understood. And I yeah, and I love that. And I think that what you know to come from the you know when I'm hearing that, I think sometimes when like someone would share your experience. Mm-hmm. W- when we're on the receiving end of hearing it is just to listen. This is, you know, advice, you know, Heidi's given me as well for all, if you're just in life, but as men and as also just as humans, when you share the pain you've been through, 
yeah. we get defensive because we feel like, well, I didn't do it. I what? No. And then there's that automatic. And then it feels like it's denying you the space of sharing what you went through that you're not saying you did that. You're not pointing at me saying you pulled me over or you beat me or you that the, I experienced this. Yeah. And the motivator behind it was racism. That doesn't mean you're racist. I'm sharing with you my pain and it's okay to listen and not deflect and not, and, and that's, you know, that's where I see a lot of the, the things happening too, because I think there are a lot of well-meaning people who are also not knowing how to just go, wow, that's fucked up. True. It's the art of listening. Yeah. And that's something that if you live in the world of instant gratification, that's the unspoken word that people and art of yeah. allowing people to give honor Again, going back to that word, to give right. honor to the person that you're with. You know, when you honor that person, you allow them to speak their truth. And there's no judgment. Right? right. You're just listening because you asked the question. Now, let me just hear it. Yeah. But you have to have, you know, not I don't believe anyone has to do anything, but you In there's order to a move sense, forward. Yeah. There's a sense of compassion mm -hmm. that. um it may not be easy to listen to on both ends, on both ends. So, you know, it's not just a black thing. It's also a white thing. Well, the sheer nature of this conversation is uncomfortable because it's so ugly in so many ways. Yeah. And again, the instant gratification goes, I want to go, all right, where's the makeup sex? Yeah, correct. And sometimes it doesn't happen right away. You don't always have makeup sex the night of the fight. Mm -mm. And yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, again, I, you know, I, I, we all, I believe want healing mm -hmm. and everybody, notwithstanding the internet and all the conditioning that we've had from instant gratification, I think everybody would like it sooner rather than later and is looking for a path. And I know there's not one path there's going to be multiple paths because everyone is unique and special and everyone as you shared is going to receive things differently, share things differently. People are at different stages of yeah. acceptance and compassion and willingness to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I take a stand with you and I'd love to do anything I could to be, you know, part of a healing process because I believe we're all divine. We're all, human and everyone, you know, and this isn't hijacking the movement. This is a genuine statement that mm -hmm. we are brothers. It's true. Everyone is. You know yeah. what's amazing? Um, if, you know, we live in Florida, when it comes to hurricanes and we have a huge hurricane or whatever, a natural disaster, there's no color. Yeah. There's no color. If right now a bunch of aliens came down, no one's going to say, well, he's black, he's white. No one's going to say that. They're going to say, oh, shit, we have some aliens that's trying to invade the world. What are we going to do? Yeah. So we're capable of doing it. We are capable of doing it. But no one didn't really make a decision. You know, the, 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 the cells of groups and races haven't fully um, decided to do something even more and don't get me wrong what's happening now is happening which is good yeah. every the, the energy 
is is rising, right? Um, but it's it's a long road. It's a long road. But if we start with ourselves, we teach the young. Maybe we have a possibility. Oh, that's, and, that's the only thing we can do. And that's so scary. Is that you know. I think of that with our daughter, she's only five. I think of how I'm exemplifying leadership, how I'm exemplifying taking on challenges, how, you know, like, what does she see if Heidi and I have a disagreement? What does she see on, you know, how we deal with the hurricanes or deal with any of the, the, the quarantine? You know, she doesn't really know. I think she's too young to really understand what's like, there's no frame of reference for her. So, and like, she's not asked, we don't have the news on and stuff. So she's not aware. And, and I wouldn't even know how to begin at this point. You know, we live in a multicultural neighborhood. She hangs, she like, everybody hangs out here. There's no, yeah. there is no issue. So they, she doesn't know any difference. Yeah. So she has friends of all races here. So it's, I, I don't want to like create, and there you go. Am I hijacking something? Cause I don't want to ta like tarnish her by, having her not be present because she doesn't know any different. She well, goes to a, like a, a, a non, she goes to a fully multicultural school is there's, there's never an issue. Yeah. So I don't want to plant one. Well, here's what's interesting. I believe that kids, they want two things. They want to be loved. Mm -hmm. They want consistency. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you're consistent with loving your child, and you're consistent um, with your, your process, as I call it, your process of how you are in the relationship with each other. Um, because you could be in a, in a relationship where you constantly argue and don't make up. You may make up like three, four, five days later, but not something that's instant. Like, you know, you argue and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry about that. And, you know, let's talk about it. And that's that, right? So kids are huge information hard drives. They just take yep. it all in, right? So if we're consistent in what we do, they, they will be consistent. It's right. the inconsistencies what gets a lot of kids in trouble because they look for somewhere else or look to someone else for some structure and something that's consistent. Yeah. So um, that's, that's my, my take on it. Well, you, you have always been consistently a rock star in my eyes, brother. And uh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I'm sorry that, you know, the obviously all this has happened. And I, I truly appreciate and, and honor your vulnerability in, in having this conversation because um, I didn't 100% expect it to go here. But um, well, I was needed, you know? Yeah. I mean, because I don't know who else. I mean, listen, Doug. For me, I honor you. You know, I always honored you. You are a, a, just a, a gentleman from A to Z. And you have been consistent. It's just the same. I mean, I've seen through the years, you just elevate more and more and more, which is phenomenal. So for that, kudos. That's the first thing. Thank you. The second thing is that we are now using this weapon, right, mm -hmm. to our advantage. Because now people are watching more people want to to learn more and maybe they don't want to have this conversation face to face yet maybe this video alone right this stream alone will give someone the the urge to say you know what I, I think i want to have this conversation i don't know 
but I know that you as an individual, you and Heidi, I, I give the utmost respect to, you know, Kelly and I absolutely love you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's amazing that, you know, I told my wife this today. I said, you know what? I have to tell you how fortunate I have you in my life because it's, when you truly understand that you have a partner who gets it, right? Um, sometimes you don't, you don't realize it, right? Unless you go deep and realize what you have first yourself and then you, you allow to share it with someone else. So when we give love to man to man, brother to brother, it's the same thing, you know? So what you're doing is phenomenal. So again, I, I am so happy for you knowing that, you know, I was asked to be on here, but yeah, unfortunately the circumstances, a lot of different topics, it doesn't matter. We could talk about anything, but I think it was necessary that we did have this top conversation because um, it was needed. Yeah. It was needed for me. It was needed for you. And it was needed for people to share and hear. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I, I pray that uh, not only do we continue to get closer and find ways to do awesome stuff together, that we can exemplify and show possibility. Yeah. You know, in all areas, in business, in life, and, and being a man, because, you know, I, I feel bad for all men right now because um, this is a quandary. Like, this is, you know, the, the, the call to leadership right now and the different styles of leadership are like, I, I man, I don't know. It's, it's scary to, to think on, you know, cause when we're under pressure, we fall back to old patterns right. and there may be some, you know, really non-resourceful patterns that some people rise to. And, and that's, you know, going to be, interesting um so I, I believe it's our duty it behooves us it's our responsibility for our legacy to be the best version of leadership that we can be so that we can expose other men women children yeah. to what leadership looks like i agree well we can do it we got this yeah well as long as we continue staying grounded and centered in love mm-hmm. honor respect yep you know, bring in the, the access to divinity and, you know, just be present for each other. Mm-hmm. We can, I mean, that's the faith of the mustard seed. We can change the world, not to, you know, but I, I believe that's possible. Um, so, you know, that being said, uh, in order to cure all this, do you think the aliens are next? Well, based on, what was it, about a couple of weeks ago? where the, the Pentagon said, oh, by the way, all this craziness is going, oh, by the way, there are aliens. <laughs> just, we're just going to tease you a little bit. Yeah. A little segue there. Oh, by the way, yeah, the, the asteroid is going to hit Earth in about two weeks. Yeah, we told you. Yeah. That, we, did you, did you we, see um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or read it? That was a, that was a book, wasn't it? It was a book, and then yeah, it became, it was a BBC series, and then it was a movie. Yeah, I remember that. It was a book. I read it in high school, I think. Yeah. Well, there's this one thing where before they uh, take down Arthur Dent's um, house, mm-hmm. they, uh, the, he goes to talk to the, you know, the, the company or the, you know, the, um, the bulldozer uh-huh. and saying like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, the plans have been on record for you to check, you know, for months. And he's like, it was, 
they were buried. I did see them. They were buried in a back office, hidden under a thing, like basically completely hidden. So they could say they showed them, but, but too yeah. late. And, you know, it's like fine print. And that's kind of, mm -hmm. I feel like what's happening here that like, oh, we just, we let you know. What do you mean? Yeah. And there's more coming. I promise you that there's more coming. I'm just waiting for it. Grab the popcorn. Yeah, and, and the, the last on that, say, the, I, I wish people could see this as well, is, is that this all seems like gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Not that there wasn't problems. I'm not minimizing that. They're effed up, and I'm glad that, you know, where it's happening for that thing. But I feel like we're being kind of put in this position purposefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, before I go, I mean, just look at the process you've been confined in your house for close to two months two months right when you finally come out you see this so you're already frustrated and angry that you know your life has been in disarray yeah then on top of that you see this right so i could it goes from zero to a thousand instantly just from that alone so this, you know, the, the emotional um, balance is, was completely off. And on top of it, something's, some gasoline's been thrown on your back with a whole bunch of fire. Like, what in the heck is going on here? Yeah, it, this, you know, I, I, not to go too far down, like even conspiracy, I believe that this is a manifestation of like, I hate to say it, like good and evil energies. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy that we can... Yeah, down, but that's, that's a separate a, show. Yeah, that's a whole separate show. <laughs> but I, one thing I will say is that when you, there's clues for everything. Yeah. There's clues for everything. So sometimes you could take it for face value, right? And just observe for the clues. Um, that's the best advice I can give anybody with anything. Yeah. Well, and question everything. It's not, you know, it's okay to go, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really sure yeah. that. You know, that's all. I'm just just asking. Yeah. You know, and that's and that, by the way, is what saved me in life is asking better questions. Like when I felt a certain way, I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Is that is that really what happened? Is that really what that meant? Yeah. Or, you know, like maybe it could mean something else. Maybe what do I need to believe in order to feel this way anyway? Like, what am I believing about myself? What am I believing about this situation? Yeah. Yeah. You know, simple questions you mm -hmm. know and and if we come from a place of honor assuming the best about somebody ideally it takes the edge off and i'd rather feel like wrong because i it quickly oops i made a mistake i thought the wrong things mm -hmm. and change my mind than stay stuck and double down in something that is taking me out yeah yeah i get it i get it 100 percent. i get it so, dude, man, thank you so much. We went way long, which is awesome. Um, how does how does someone get in touch with you? If they want to become a Titan, how how are they going to get in touch with you and, and get on board with your program? You know what? I would, I, I'm a very simple guy, but effective, of course. But I would say for people to find me at uh, Cliff the Titan, um, either on Instagram or on my Facebook page, um, you know, my personal page, I have some stuff, but I don't, that's my personal page, you know? Okay, um, so I'll, I'll, 
grab those and I'll put them in the, uh, yeah, in so the that's the best podcast. way to find me. Uh, feel free to ask me any questions, guys. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. Trust me, I'm here for you. And um, there's no judgment. We just we 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 just got to figure it out. So um, again, it was an honor being with you, Doug. You're awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.